0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool
2: Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Beasley, joined by uh, the Echo's Everton correspondent, Joe Thomas, our regular guest, uh, Gavin Buckland, as we preview um, tomorrow's Premier League fixture between Everton and Aston Villa. Another big game for the Blues. They all seem like cup finals at the moment. And uh, see, we start with uh, big breaking news this morning. Joe, uh, we were all aware that it uh, it was Everton were on the verge of this, but it's been announced as more than new. Four and a half year contract for Jordan Pickford keeps him up um, committed to the club for a decade and through to the summer of 2027.
2: Yeah, absolutely fantastic news. And and one last, I think we've all seen the pictures and some of us have tweeted them. one, One last. Moment for uh, for contract, Dave. Dave Harrison just to uh, okay. just to pull a deal over the line before he leaves for Manchester United after 27 years with the club. So that's um, I'm, I'm pleased for Dave that he gets to leave on those positive pictures as opposed to yeah. the transfer window that's just happened. But yeah, like like you say, breaking news. Now I mean we're recording at 10 past 11, and it was formally announced at 10:30, so 40 minutes ago. But we all knew it was about to happen. I think you yeah. know I, I wrote the story on Wednesday, I saying it was imminent, and that Sean Deitch's Deitch. press conference yesterday Deitch. left no real kind of um, fears that something was about to happen. He was pretty open that they were they were close. We certainly had opportunities to say it wasn't and didn't take him, I and mean, we can all read into that. Fantastic news for Everton. So I think um read a couple of times over the past few months, really, that Jordan Pickford's happy on this. He said he loves the club, loves okay. being around here. Um, and and it, on the front lampard, there were periods where it looked like a deal was imminent, but in the World Cup, kind of just halted proceedings a little bit and then obviously after, we all know what's happened from from Wolves onwards on Boxing Day to, well pretty much now, I mean, the club has just basically been in crisis, so that's just probably halted, you know, hampered a few things but for this to get done over the line with Everton's, you know, Premier League long-term Premier League stability still under threat, I think it's just a significant boost and for it to happen so early in, in Sean Dyche's regime as well, again, it's, it's another it's a massive boost for him because you know, Jordan Jordan Pickford's a wonderful goalkeeper. He's bet, he is a better player than the standard and the level that Everton are allowing him to play at at the moment. You know he yeah uh-huh. you know, we we see what he does as England's number one. We see what he's done at several major tournaments in the Euros, final played in a World Cup semi final, being one of the best players in several of those international tournaments. And you know I think it was it didn't really surprise anybody that the likes of Tottenham and Manchester United were being moved to as potential suitors for the summer, both of whom have. Look like they're gonna have long term goalkeeping keeping issues to to try and solve shortly. So with all that in the mix, you think for someone that Jordan picker's age twenty-eight, so he's got a long way to go as a goalkeeper, but you know, probably approaching his prime. Nobody could argue that he's you know given everything he can for Everton over the last few years. You know, with those type of opportunities approaching and the opportunity to kind of you know, for okay. the wheels to be put in motion a little bit easier because he's entering the final year of his contract. I think most players especially wouldn't like to see him would understand why he would be open to moving elsewhere so for him to commit to Everton and in these circumstances well it speaks volumes about what he must think of the club and it also is a positive endorsement for for Sean Dyche as well who's only been there for a couple of weeks but has managed to convince him to stay
0: yeah Gav, as, as Joe says, given that the position Everton currently find themselves in is still very much in, in a relegation battle. So, so somebody who is the, the England number one committed himself uh, should be a, a really positive move for the club. Even now, if the West comes to the West and a suitor comes in, at least you're protected by the length of that contract now.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing that 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 I'm pleased about, really. He's got was 18 months left on his contract yeah. 2024. 20, yeah. So, well, once he signs a year extension, I think 2018, something like that. Um, yeah, and that, that's the thing that fascinates not fascinates me, but that's the thing that I'm particularly focusing on, on this. So once you enter your last two years of your contact, the club is vulnerable. Should the player want to go or uh, things happen outside of their control, and you get you know, a value for the player that's far less than what they're actually worth on the pitch. And so by signing a new deal, we've we've protected our assets, haven't really, and, and and his value as probably one of the only spot two or three, you know, sort of you know, expensive you know, expensive to buy players of the club. I think Onana'd be the other one. I think that's good news for Everton. You know, regardless about what Jordan's longer term ambitions are, at least means if he if he does move we'll get we'll get the right place for him, really. And so, from that perspective, that's why I'm really pleased about this uh, this deal. And as Joe said, he's 28-29, so in theory, he's is his three years of his peak. Yeah. As a key bet. And so, hopefully, that will be an Everton. But we do know that if it's not an Everton, we will get the best deal we can for him, which has not necessarily been the case with some of the players we've had in the past, for varying yeah. reasons, and some of it obviously outside of Everton's control. Sure. as Gav says, it is
0: protecting the asset there. I mean, it wasn't popular, but last summer Richarlison was sold and there was a sort of an understanding. There were two years left of his deal. He wouldn't be signing a new deal, so it was the right time um, to cash in. But this, perhaps we shouldn't underestimate how settled Jordan is here. I mean, as because of the situation sort of around him, is cut. Uh, courted controversy at times. Often, not necessarily his fault, but sort of a lot of, lot of. As, as seems to be the parlance now. A lot of noise seems to follow him around at, at at times. But I mean, Everton have always stuck with him, and the fans always have.
2: Yeah, they they have, and I think you know we've all been. I mean, we spoke about it a lot during the World Cup because it was all we had to talk about, really. Um, with the exception of, of the, the the trip to. To Australia, but yeah, you know, we've all been there and, and seen how rival teams for you know even over the past two years have constantly sought to criticise Jordan Pickford. When you're looking at you know, you look at a player that's effectively ended England's penalty shootout curse at major tournaments because of his, his saves. You know, I mean, he saved two um, penalties in the in the final against Italy in the Euros. You know, normally that would be enough for a, for a goalkeeper to be lifted on shoulders and recognised a national hero because your side has won that yeah. tournament. Um, and you, know, people have been saying things like, "Oh, he well, performed well for England, but not for Everton." And for anybody who's been watching him week in, week out, that's that's nonsense. I think yeah, yeah, you know, he's someone that's easy to criticise because his bad moments, and every goalkeeper has bad moments. His bad moments tend to look particularly bad for 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 whatever reason. You know, even this season, you, you think about the opening goal away at bournemouth when 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 he dropped it at someone's feet, and you look at um. You look at the criticism he got after the derby a couple of weeks ago with with the opening goal from his position. I I didn't think he deserved that much criticism for that. To be honest, I mean it's all down to perception, isn't it? For, for me, it was a case where he was free on one against him, and he he gambled on he gambled on, on making himself you know trying to predict what would happen to give him the best chance of of, of 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 stopping that. And but really, I mean he was never he was always a massive massive underdog in that situation. He didn't look good. But it wasn't his fault that it ended up in that situation in the first place. It's the players around and it left him, you know, three attackers on one, uh, you know, all, all bearing down on it. You know, I think, you know, we, you only have to look at some of the saves that he's made this season and last season. I mean, you know, right at the piece of the minute, you know, that, that save from Caesar Azpilicueta against Chelsea last yeah. season. One of the most important saves in Everton's history. You know, when you look back on what that game meant, Everton would cut adrift at the bottom of that time. They don't win that game against Chelsea. You know, I think they'd have been five points adrift from Leeds United, albeit with a game in hand, with six, you know, with with five more games to go. you know, It would have been... That like Chelsea game kick-started the survival bid. You had the first coach welcome before the game and, and you had the three points Then led on to the good feeling, the amazing away end, but less than the three points there. You take that away, Everton are down. You know, and and Pickford oh. backed that up with another incredible performance at Leicester the following week. You, know, you then go into this season, you think of the saves from Darwin Nunes in the, in the Goodison derby, uh, the reflex save from William at Craven Cottage. He does this week after week after week. And I think we'd all like to be in a scenario where Everton aren't so reliant on him producing magic so often, and also not in a position where, because every goal hurts so much when he does make a mistake it looks particularly bad because of, of what it means because they're on a team that struggles to score goals. But, you know, I mean, Pickford's just he's been a wonderful keeper on top form for, for, for so, so long. And, you know, like alluded to you know, moments earlier, it made perfect sense that someone like Tottenham would see in a Champions League club at the moment chasing Champions League football next season with a goalkeeper who's now injured. But if we his, his form has fallen off a cliff over the past six months. Make perfect sense that someone like Tottenham would go for him. Manchester United and Dev De Gea, you know, a few doubts over where he will be in the long term. Makes perfect sense for them to be interested in him as well. You know, if he'd move to and he may still move to a Champions League club in the summer, you know, as Gav rightly alludes to, this you know, this this deal protects Everton's asset as much as anything. It doesn't mean he will never move. But there's no way that he signs that if he's not happy at the club and if he's not happy on Merseyside, you know, him and his family, you know, people I speak to that are close to Jordan have said for a long time that He's happy on Merseyside and he, you know, he loves the club and he loves being around it. And you listen to that and you think, well, he probably does. But obviously you take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt because it's coming from third hand. But, I mean, if you wanted any further proof, I mean, Everton are in the middle of the second relegation battle in consecutive seasons and, you know, they're, probably their best player and most significant asset has just committed his future to them. I mean, he must be happy and that's a good sign for everybody.
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, yeah, this criticism we've spoken about with Jordan Pickford, I mean, we've we talked about this before. Is there some sort of ulterior emotive agenda here? I mean, I'll i call it out. I mean, what happened in the Merseyside Derby with Virgil van Dyke? there's a lot of people associated with Luke who probably should have known better the way they reacted to that particular incident and the things they said afterwards.
1: But it does seem to follow him around. Yeah, yeah. Just just to pick up on Joe's points, I think... Yeah. I'd agree with that, Joe, And on the basis of wanting to stay in the preface, is if he didn't want to stay, he wouldn't, he'd allow his contract to run down. So if he, when he did move, he'd, he'd maximise his personal terms that he could get in those circumstances than if his fee was like 30 or 40 million quid. Yes. So there's that aspect to it. The, 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 the preface like, is what he's not done, and he's not allowed his contract to run down, because that's, that's in his, in his favour then. If he wants to move, so by signing the contract, he's also been indirectly saying, "I do want to stay." Um, yeah. Going back to your point, yeah, I've spoken about this before a couple of times on the pod. I think there's a lot of social engineering stuff and how we are as a nation and how we see players and their backgrounds around different criticism over the years. You know, I think there's several several people in the England team who've, who've who've had similar stick. I mentioned that he's there and would certainly be one of them and going back in years gone by you know Wayne Rooney would be up there wouldn't he um, and I think that's behind it and then, let's face it Jordan McKees has not helped the scope actually uh, to be fair on and off the pitch so yeah I think some of that has followed them round and I think the mercy sides are. I derby mean, let's face it he was very lucky wasn't he I mean, he was, was lucky that the referee has already blown up for offside. the referee not blown off offside. offsides I think people wasn't been off the pitch but he, he sort sure of has tempered that over the last couple of years hasn't he and I think what one of the things that baffles me at the moment is sort of a source of bit of head of worshiping of Carlo Ancelotti this week by Everton sure. Um Which considering his, the circumstances in which he left the club and his dire eighteen months here, um, I, I do find baffling. But I think one of one of the legacy bits of Ancelotti's reign is the fact that I think he he managed Pickford really well in the aftermath of that. Incidents and and I think Jordan by his own admission has said that he felt supported and and came out of that and the subsequent Chris was a far more balanced individual and that's certainly been reflected on his you know the performances on the pitch over the last couple of years he, he's still got a mistake in him but every goalkeeper has got a mistake in him yeah. I mean look at Nick Pope on Saturday night yeah who's Pickford successor right. he made the right hole like, to that me you know Actually. imagine that being Pickford. You know, yeah. Um, so I I do think he is victimised, but that's just just the way the country is, isn't it, really? And the way the way they teach certain footballers of the same and goalkeepers in particular. And yeah. uh, I, I just think it's really good news. Uh you know, for lots of different reasons. It's what they call a win win, I think, uh Chris in uh in business circles, I think Pickford yeah. signing uh, a new deal. Yeah. Joe, I guess the, the the challenge just finally, I'll
0: unpick from from yourself. Um, yeah. is is for Everton well to sort of to match that level, like you say that he he is on as um at, when he first came to the club, 2017. They were in Europe at the time. It was the summer when they did all the spending, the record breaking spending. You know, he won't want to be spent in the next few years in in relegation battles. You know, this this deal takes him beyond the move to the new stadium, and like I said, up up to a decade service with the club.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, he, I think in 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 his comments upon signing, he he makes reference to to that long term, the longevity of the situation here, and he wants to be kind of known as one of the great keepers of the club up there with with Neville Southall and that you know he says the right things, and the difference probably is you know a lot of players and managers and people ever, and over a long period, and just in general and in football, say the right things but don't back it up with their actions. You know, as Gav just said, you know Jordan Pickford committing to it in his future, and at least at the very least, saying that if someone is going to come and get to me, and they're going to get the full asking price, you, you can't ask for more than that. You know, he's it's been some say for him on most. I was looking back at the pictures of him when he signed from, from back in 2000. So I mean, him yeah. and him and contract Dave like a lot, a lot. I mean, they often we were a lot younger then back in 2017, <laughs> but. They, 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 both of them really, really have, really have changed it. Like, um, but you know, Reggie Jordan more than contract day, to be fair. Yeah, Jordan more <laughs> than contract day, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, you look at that, that time that Jordan's had on, on, I mean, he's one of the few sides, one from the few big money signings that have been made under the Machiri era that hasn't been a mistake that he says have been an, an overwhelming success. You know, the only, the only failure on, in in relation to Jordan Pickford is the fact that Everton haven't been able to provide a side that could perform at the levels in the league that befit his ability. I think.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, Gav, Joe has just mentioned the S word. Yeah. Southall Neville <laughs> Southall. Gav, you said is by a country mile. So, so, I'm paraphrasing now. Best Everton player you've ever seen is. Oh yeah, I don't. Want- Look- is Jordan Pickford the best ever than goalkeeper since Neville Southall? I'm thinking there's only probably possibly two main candidates, Nigel Larton and Tim Howard. Is Pickford the best in Southall?
1: Yeah, I've him ahead, of Howard. I think Howard yeah. was good for three years, but I think he was. Um, I don't want to use the word liability, but I will do with that. I think from about. I think when Lescott went, I always thought he had the court's relationship with Jackie Elk, Howard was really, really strong. And I think some of that disappeared when Lescott went. And I think. If you have a look at even from ten two thousand and ten eleven, possibly even before that. The number of goals he can see, is, the howards had falses is, is absolutely frightening. I mean, Moses last season twelve thirteen, Howard was uh, just dreadful, and I think there were reasons why he kept his place under Martinez. But um, but Howard was very good between two thousand and six and two thousand and nine. They still had some great moments after that, but. Oh, no, I don't think it's as good as Pickford. Uh, Martin, I'd, I'd say. I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Um, I, I'd still say it's rather to have Martin and go. To be fair, and and the reason for that is I think Martin would never have made that mistake. Pickford made it. Liverpool the other week, um, but it's a marginal call. And Martin was only here eighteen. What, 18 months, Chris? Two years? Two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half, yeah, and it half
0: years. Yeah, it was three years and total, but he was injured for a lot that last yeah, half yeah. season, wasn't it?
1: So, yeah. yeah, two and a half years, um, Martin. I think over that time, he was, he was a more consistent and, and secure keeper than Pickford. The only thing I'd say, but at the same time, I think Joe's just alluded to this, if there was a big game like with some the Chelsea game last year, we you know you won the pressure. You'd probably want Jordan in goal because I think yeah. his performance ceiling is higher. what mm. the counter to that is Mark was playing forever when he was forty, and we all know he should have been yeah. playing forever when he was twenty. But yeah. the whole podcast is a retro podcast in itself. I'd say I, I don't know. It, it's you could. I, this is a whole podcast. This this, this whole thing <laughs> is been podcast in itself. This question um, and. <laughs> I'd 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 still rather have Martin than Pickford, but it's it's a very marginal call. And nice. uh, I'm, I'm not that's not, I'm not start, start opinion I'm totally confident with. Um but who knows in two or three years' time if Jordan said it is a P peak years and we've recovered yeah. on the pitch, that might not even be a you know, a, 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 a any, you know, a difficult question question to answer. Who would be Pickford? So Let's, I think I'm bottoming out here. Let's wait yeah. till Jordan finishes his event clear yeah. I thought uh, I answer Hopefully. that wrong But I tell you what, you'll never be as good as now. <laughs> it's just yeah, like... Not, I think we can all agree on that, that one, yeah. I think that, that's the thing, isn't it? But I, I think that's the biggest chip you, the biggest tip you can save to Jordan in his six years here is that there have been performances even in his first season that... Never his best, you know. That that imagine you've never his best, and Joe. I mean, you missed it. The Man United game the start of last season, first twenty minutes of that game. He had would he's made two or three great saves. Yeah. so, so uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, difficult question. Mark to make, but let's wait till uh, Jordan finishes up and clear. It's hopefully four or five years time.
2: The Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool
0: Echo. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll move on to obviously what is it? Another, like I said, they're all huge games now, but at least last weekend's results has, has sort of eased it. the pressure so and have moved out of the, the bottom three. Uh, Joe, uh, Villa, you were at Finch Farm yesterday for, for Sean Deitch's um, uh, press conferences. Press conference, sorry. Uh, how how was Sean are we feeling obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin looks like he, he he's missing again but I, I presume um, Mr. Deitch was in a, a slightly more affable mood
2: yeah Deitch was in it was in good form um felt like i, I mean i watched from afar last week and after the liverpool game and dominic allen still out Dyche looked a little bit. I mean, you'll be able to give me a better idea of this, this Chris. Yeah. Maybe we'll preface the question you've asked me by me asking yeah. how was how how did you
0: find Dyche last week going into the Leeds game? Yeah, well, I, I, I he, he didn't answer my question directly. Already, he batted it off as, as it were, and I think um, some some of my colleagues were frustrated that he wasn't biting on certain issues. But I, I don't have a a problem with that I think that he by all accounts he, he, he just seemed like he, he was a bit, a bit more um, sort of a playing ball perhaps but you know he doesn't need to do that yesterday yeah I got the impression last week that punched Liverpool he
2: and having spent two weeks or so of their job he kind of it kind of got the the atmosphere that as if he might have just realised how hard his job might be at Everton yeah, uh, and that he's going to be a big challenge um, and I thought that came across in some of his answers and do you know I saying that he was naive to that and um but I yeah I think post Liverpool he, he possibly did that and I think there was possibly a sense as well he Leeds was such a huge game for so many yeah. reasons, you know. Um as you discussed earlier on in the week yet it, it was you know to have lost that game would have been yeah you know, it would have been very difficult to have come back from that from Everton. Obviously having won at Everton all of a sudden they're out of the relegation zone so they've won Two in three under Deitch. the four consecutive home defeats that Lampard finished with have turned into two consecutive home wins, and Gunderson's a cauldron again, and we're back at home tomorrow. So, you know, for all those reasons, I think Deitch had plenty of reason to kind of be optimistic, and, and obviously with the um, Jordan Pickford deal yeah, approaching a, a positive conclusion there as well, that only would have served as another reason to be to be to be positive. You yeah, know, he, he was in good spirits. He, he doesn't really. You know, he's very measured in what he says, uh, yeah. which is a good thing. You know I think yeah. you know you mentioned there sometimes about kind of not buying on certain journalists' questions. Again, from a club perspective, that's probably a good yeah. thing. It might make our job harder because it's harder than yeah. then you spend a lot more time having to kind of trawl through his quotes and work out what the true meaning of them are, rather than him giving you know sound bites just off the cuff, just like that. But maybe. Maybe Frank Lampard was a little bit too open, a little bit too honest sometimes, I think. And the fact that Deitch is a bit more guarded, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, although it makes our job slightly more difficult, I think. Um, you know, he it was clear that Calvert-Lewin probably isn't going to be available. But one one thing he's stressed since he arrived is that Everton more than Calvert-Lewin. Um, yeah, I think had he bore witness to the first four months of the season that we all witnessed in such detail, then he might have a slightly different conclusion because you're yeah, no. absolutely without Calvert-Lewin as such a very, very different beast. to what they are at the minute, but, you know, I think the, I think Daiichi's growing in confidence as his knowledge base grows at, at Finch Arm. as the results help. And he keeps saying, that, he keeps saying, you know, that obviously for all the work that he can do and all the plans that he can put in place, results will matter and in a minute if results are good then that's going to help lift the mood a little bit but you know, he's constantly praising the the group of players for for their hard work for their diligence again I don't think he's going to be calling anybody out at this stage if ever but but he's trying to present a very positive outlook of life at Finch Farm at the minute and his early weeks and and while she would expect him to do that I think that the results and to a certain extent the performance just back that up yeah, they've got six wins from nine. So yeah, six points from nine. Yeah. We always knew that, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we always knew well, that derby
1: was. To yeah. Battle on the of months. We yeah, we
2: all we all knew the Darling was gonna be hard despite Liverpool's form going into it, but they outplayed Arsenal. They outplayed Leeds. It wasn't a brilliant performance against Leeds. You know, it left a lot to be desired, I think. But at the end of the day, they came up against a side that was probably more talented than them. And they and they beat them and they were the better side. And, yeah, so therefore there's there's a lot to build on. And the Villa game tomorrow is, it feels like the pressure's off a little bit more just because of those wins, because out and out of the relegation zone. You know, I feel more confident in Evan's destiny being in their own hands at the minute than I was perhaps three weeks ago. You know, it feels... You know, it, it, tomorrow is an important game. I think Everton need to get the points. Need They need to get more and more points as soon as possible because they have a difficult run going into, you know, back end of March and, and April. It, it, the games do get hard. And I think that in terms of a relegation battle, it's in Everton's interest to try and drag Nottingham Forest and Crystal Palace into it. And I think they can do that if they get the results early enough to then put pressure on those sides. And once those sides start thinking that they're in a relegation battle, Paz are already having a bit of a difficult time in a minute, on the increased pressure, then, then they might struggle even more. So, you the know, Deitch positive. Again, you know, just, just very measured. And I think that one thing that he's very keen to kind of, one keen to kind of push, I think, is this idea that it's not panic stations after a loss and then it's not, you know, dancing on the pitch every time they win. Um, You know, he he kind of just wants to take a sensible approach and avoid that almost lurching from crisis to ecstasy that we perhaps went through a little bit under Lampard.
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile.
0: few weeks ago so some people s- seem to get the wrong of the stick and if they, they thought you were a journalist and you had to point out to them that you, you very much are the journalist of obviously
1: that's the thing you know <laughs>
0: yeah uh, uh, they like, are, are regular and they're uh, much welcomed uh, guests right. on, the, on the podcast but so as a non-journalist that uh, was yeah. uh, obviously your football does the talking with any football manager but have you found um, Deitch and the way he presents himself in, in, in the press conferences I mean, are you heartened by the things that you hear from,
1: from Deitch? Well, but- yeah I, I'm heartened by it. I think picking up on Joe's points I think the difference between Lampard is just purely experience isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know that Deitch has been doing Premier League conferences for what? Best part of the day since Burnie yes. still game up I know he's had one or two seasons out in that time uh, I think he's also got more of a don't have I don't know sort of criticize Lampard here, but is his hints his, hint, his footballing hinterland is a is a lot more different to Frank's, which is founded on success and people giving you credit and praise all the time. Dice's you know, background yeah. is a lot more difficult, isn't it? And in some respects is a lot more challenging. You know, without yeah. Frank obviously Ratswork very hard. And 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 also as well, I think when you hear him interview, it's and you know, and, and there's obviously several podcasts out there. His interests, his life interests, and 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 trying to bring stuff in from general life into his football management appears to be far more, um, far more wide-ranging than 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 Frank's as well, and indeed several other effort managers I can I can think of. You know, we did the season thing with Nana that you you covered this week. So yeah. he, he, So as a manager, I think, just so generally speaking, he brings a lot of the non-football and stuff into his conversations and and his experience. And I think that's reflected in the way he handles press conferences. Consequently, yeah. I think he, he's a lot more grounded. He can call a lot call a lot more on his own football and life experiences as well you know there is there is a decay as somebody said to me and i think this is more of an observation than a criticism he just has to be careful sometimes that he doesn't stay into david brent's territory which you know there's a danger when you start start on that type of stuff that you do um but you, you just see somebody who's been around the the circuit so many times in the premier league the way he handles it i think he he's good but you know just make sure that he, on occasions you don't you don't stretch into parody which he has not and i think he's savvy enough not to not to do that to be fair yeah i've been i think enormously impressed with you know just generally speaking and communicating in, in lots of different mediums really not just press conference as a podcast general interviews he he's just an interesting guy, I think. There's a, there's a lot more substance to him, I think, people have realised since he joined Everton than perhaps when he was at Burnley. Yeah. In in, in the same way that I've mentioned his neighbour of Will, and because you mentioned it in the past, there's a lot more substance to Allardyce than what people, people thought. And, and I think Dice is c- cut from the same cloth, but actually he's got a little bit more about him off the pitch. So, yeah, I think he's... Uh, he, he's, he's you know very I think he's been impressive really thus far in a diff, difficult situation. i be I think he'd his best conference as a manager your, your first ones, aren't it Because a lot of the stuff that's going on is not your fault. And yeah. um, I'll six months time, nine months time when the shame is still here, it might be a slightly different different dynamic in the same way it was with Frank.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean uh, Joe uh... Gab mentions, obviously, the,
0: the chat that I had with, with, with Stephen DeFord, and the, he mentions, obviously, those those conversations he had with Amadou Anato, which Daisha brought him in on, and as you say, Daisha was actually present for, but one of the things that DeFore said is about Daisha as, as well as his, his honesty, and, the, you know, his straightforward approach, which we all know about, is, a, again, a, this idea of fighting the box that you're in, and Daesh is you know, don't do that, but... The idea that he, you know, ideally, he would want to play a, a more, uh, as he says, like Manchester City or Barcelona type of football, but you know, he he's pragmatic and he gets the best out of the, the the players that he's got at his
2: disposal. Yeah, I think that pragmatism will serve him well at Everton. And um, I think the... if he's pra- if his pragmatism leads to positive results and gets out of them where they were, I mean, as a club, it, perhaps and this is no disrespect to Burnley, where. If he can put the founding you know the, the, if he, if he can put the foundations down he will get the opportunity to then you know build on his 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 playing style and element because you know eventually you know, they, they have the size and the history and, and they soon at some point will have the resources to kind of give him the the, the, you know, the, the players and the, the opportunity to play different types of football if, if, if he can first take the pressure off from from relegation battles I think so it would be really interesting to see because obviously with Frank Lampard I think we we saw Frank Lampard could be pragmatic at the end of last season I think after the Tottenham game when we just just ripped apart I think we saw Lampard come to terms with the limitations of the players at his disposal and also the impact on his squad that the injuries were having and he basically played the percentages and played the only way that could have kept them up at that season this season Probably been an element of trying to run before you could walk, and just move from that to uh, a more progressive style, little bit too quickly, I think. Um, yeah. So with with Deitch, I imagine it will be. That's when I sound. Deaf, step B will come after Step A, and then Step C will come after Step B. You know, it'll be an incremental mm. improvement. Yeah. And yeah, if he can keep happening in the Premier League. And yeah, there is there is a lot of talent in that squad, and there will be the ability over the summer, you know, with with savvy minded operation to to strengthen it and, and to bring players in, you know, attacking players and players that can perhaps give more flexibility in terms of of signings. I say that because you know you would like to think that anybody with a long run up and an awareness of what they need to do and and what their resources, however limited they might be, are should be able to find op- options in the market to improve. Obviously that didn't happen in January, and one of the questions going to this summer will be why didn't that happen in January? And are the same issues is going to hold Everton back in the summer. But but I am confident that, you know, if if Deitch has a long term future at Everton, then that will only come with him, you know, helping the club consolidate, stabilise, consolidate and start to push up the league. And as he pushes up the league, as we start, you know, going into seasons or get into seasons where the threat of relegation, the pressure of having to try and win every single game because every game matters, you know, alleviates, then, you know, I think, I think Everton is a a, a big enough club with enough potential for Deitch to have the opportunities to unleash his potential as a tactician and to develop his style and to try and play more progressive types of football and show that he is a manager that can play in multiple different ways. He's just got to get there first. I don't think that's going to happen this season because, you know, due to the situation that they're in and the size of the squad and the obvious problems with it, you know, while I think Everton are more than capable of staying up, what I don't think they're going to do is I don't think they're going to go on a, a brilliant run and get themselves out of trouble by Easter and then they have the final games of the season but, to kind of experiment. I don't, I don't think Everton are quite going to be capable of that even the best case scenarios. But, you know, Everton, are, as we all know, out in a club with so much more potential than they are displaying now or have displayed, over the Mashiri tenure even with the money that's been pumped in and if Daesh is a manager and a tactician with so much more potential and he was allowed to display at Burnley for obvious reasons you know it could be a very happy marriage the two could go in hand in hand Um, hopefully they do because it'll only be a positive thing if they do The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
0: Starting Gav obviously on a short term basis this game against Aston Villa Tomorrow, it's a little more than 13 months since we had the corresponding fixture last season. Everton have appointed a manager and sacked a manager <laughs> since then and Frank Lampard. Obviously, Steven Gerrard's going from from Villa as well. Uh,
1: Unai Emery, uh, what sort of uh, game you expecting tomorrow? Um, I don't think it'll be like the Leeds game, will it? I think it will be, dare I say, Villa present the sorts of challenges that Liverpool present. Uh, <laughs> we've got some speedy forwards, a little bit of pace up top. Rockins likes to, you know, get in behind, using his pace a little bit. Um, so they're going to produce a, you know, a produce pace on the break, and I think that's the way we got troubled against Liverpool, didn't we? Really. So they, you know, we obviously got a bit better quality, more quality than Leeds. So I think it'll be a different, possibly more open game than than a Leeds match, and in many respects, this is, this is the. Trying to think about this—is this Dice's this first real litmus test? Because the Derby is just one of them games that you know you you, you just just throw away because we've thrown away so many times in the past and not being good enough. Arsenal's first game Leeds was a little bit well leads at the bottom. You should win here. I think this is a good litmus test to where what Joe what Joe was talking about there about you know what what are our qualities really like against the team that may. Maybe a bit more expansive against us than Leeds. It was interesting to see how we handle that and how we handle the less the painful lessons of the Derby, really, because that's how we got caught out. And they have got they've got some speedy players, Villa, Uh, though they can't be got at. I mean, I know they played Arsenal and City, but they conceded what was it, eleven goals in three matches, Villa, something like that. Um, You know, and uh, so they've been a bit vulnerable at the back. And uh, I- I'm expecting a more open game against the, Le- uh, the Leeds, obviously. hope <laughs> oh, for a better game than Leeds, that, that wouldn't be hard. But I do yeah. think Villa will we'll give us some challenges that Leeds didn't, and, and to, to the same degree Arsenal didn't either. Yeah. Um, so I think it's we'll just have to watch out uh, yeah. tomorrow because I think it's the dangerous opponents for us, I think, yeah. at this stage of Bice's tenure. Yeah well given all of that we'll come to, to predictions time we'll see to finish
0: with Joe if you want to go first
2: yeah I think Gav makes a good point So it's going to be a difficult gig so one thing that I knew that I am is going to be is going to be organised and you know Leeds Evan profited from Leeds absolute complete disorganisation last season so it's going to be interesting I'm going to go I'm going to go with 1-1 um, and I think I'd be happy with that I think that would represent progress be another point you know, some of the teams around Everton that playing each other or have it what on paper difficult games tomorrow. And then they can keep that momentum you Villa a dangerous opposition as Gav says. Ollie Watkins is in exceptional form from scored his last four. If can kind of keep up the home positivity with and the, and the Deitch and just keep getting points on the board, then you know, I don't think that'd be a bad so I'm gonna go one one.
1: Gav. That's normally my bottle job score, isn't no. it, Joe? <laughs> one all. Well, you're think you are think... allowed to predict the same yeah. score if you. Want yeah. more... I, think I will. I will allow myself the, the the privilege of saying the same score. And let's face it, a point, you know, is takes you, you know, uh, to, to, not to say takes you up the table, but has the potential to take you further away from the relegation zone, and that would make seven points in four games, wouldn't it? R B three at home, one against modest opposition. Uh, that would be decent, wouldn't it? Really, I think we'd all taken that, uh, and so and I'm just wondering after three defeats, whether Villa available take a, take the a as well. By the way, um, so yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a bottle job one all, and I'd like to think I've written that on a piece of paper before Joe says <laughs> the yeah. countdown. Like on, smile. Like countdown. Issue. we should write it yeah. write it on then share yeah. it on, on on the screen? Uh, but I'm going to go with one all. But it'll be yeah. be a tough. I think it'll be a tough game. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow uh, against um, against a team managed by Emery, somebody who I think may have turned the Everton job down in the past. Um, I think he's a, I think he's an exceptionally good manager. Yeah, well, I, believe it or not, I I was going to go one-one, but I'm 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 going to
0: change my mind now, seeing as you two have both <laughs> gone for for one-one, and and I'll be and I'll be positive, and I'll say two-one Everton. Actually, Everton scored in more than one goal. But just got, after what happened with uh, their keeper last week, I'm, I'm imagining some sort of strange goal. Maybe it comes off somebody's backside or uh, some unorthodox um, manner in front of the Gladys Street, possibly. So, yeah, having originally fought 1-1 myself, I, I'll, I'll finish on a positive note and I'll go 2-1 Everton.
1: With, with that, Chris, well, with that, the fact I think I'm right in saying that Everton's all-time leading goal scored at the Gladys sea End there's opposition on goals, so... Um, you know, prolific. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, there we go. And we'll, we'll be back with you uh, next week What regards to the scoreline to uh, to digest what um, went on there. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. I've been your host, Chris Beasley, I've been joined by Joe Thomas and Gab Buckland. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.